Impeaching Attorney General Ken Paxton, what the Senate is doing today to set the stage for his trial. And severe thunderstorms developing as Austin sets a heat record today. Your first warning forecast is coming up. We want them to come home. I want them to come home safely. And there's just hours of oxygen left on the missing submersible that went deep into the ocean to see the Titanic. The rush to get those five people home safe and sound. When the heat index, heat index uh, reaches well above 100, we know each year that there, it poses risk to people. We encourage Austinites to stay hydrated, stay cool, and stay safe during these con conditions. And check on your neighbor, right? Check on your Mima, check on the neighbor next door that you see out walking her dog. Make sure that she's staying safe and hydrated. And it's the first day of summer and Austin leaders want to make sure you're safe as this painfully hot weather continues. So city leaders, they are urging people to stay hydrated, limit time outside, and of course, check on others. Austin Travis County EMS says it's reaching out to vulnerable communities to really make sure they know that there's a place for them to stay cool and how to get there. Yeah, the city has directed staff to allow anyone inside public libraries and recreation centers during business hours to escape this heat. Those are designated cooling areas. Urban Alchemy is also opening its doors at the Arch Center for the Homeless to offer opportunities for those without housing to come in during the day, cool off, and get some housing resources. And David, we know when it comes to the power grid right now, there is no conservation request from ERCOT. And hopefully it stays that way. I mean, today, by a lot of measures, is the hottest day of the year, the hottest day ever by one measure. Let me take you over here to the big wall. The current heat index is, according to the National Weather Service, the hottest we have ever recorded. And unofficial record because heat index records are a little spotty, but the past couple days it's only felt like 116. It feels like 117 in the shade in Austin and 121 unbearable heat and humidity out in Fayette County. Air temperatures again in the triple digits. This is already our 800 degree day of the year at 102 in Austin. Another excessive heat warning in effect through 9 p.m. for the dangerous heat and humidity. But we also have some big storms developing well west of Austin. One severe thunderstorm warning southwest of Fredericksburg until 545. The hail core on this one doesn't look terribly impressive south of Harper, but another for northwestern Mason County until 545 as well. This hail core with up to ping pong ball size hail is large and it's slowly approaching our viewing area. More of us have a severe weather threat, including Austin overnight. We'll time out the next round of storms coming up. All right, David, thank you very much. The Texas Senate is well past its self-imposed deadline of taking action on proposed rules for the upcoming impeachment trial of suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton. And senators will act as jurors on the court of impeachment and will vote on everything ranging from witness and evidence rules to if this trial will be public. Our crop capital correspondent Monica Madden joins us live at the Capitol. So Monica, you've been there all day. What are you hearing? Well, some of us were speculating if now would be the time that those senators would take up the rules and vote on them. That's because earlier, State Senator Paul Bettencourt made a motion to recess and said this might be our last recess of the day. But we just popped over into the Senate gallery and didn't see a lot of action, not many senators there. So we'll have to wait and see about those rules. An empty floor. Senate stands in recess until 9 p.m. this evening. The Senate stands recess until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. And repeated delays. Senate will come to order. Senators acknowledging Wednesday they've been busy working on the impeachment trial rules in private. As the Senate is working hard on rules, I move that we recess until 1 p.m. today. 
A seven-member panel is tasked with proposing how Attorney General Ken Paxton's impeachment trial will play out. They have little precedent to draw from, with only two impeachments on the Texas history books in 1917 and 1976. It was so long ago and it was different circumstances. Politics professor Brian Smith notes there's pressure on the senators to get this right. Once the process starts, you cannot go back and then change the rules or add new rules. So they have to get it perfect. This is very serious. These are very serious people, and the Senate is going to do our job in a professional way. Pressure mounting not just from constituents, but defense attorneys and prosecutors who will be presenting the case. We need the ability to, to face the witnesses called against Ken Paxton. I need the ability to cross-examine them. I need the ability to present evidence. We need hearsay rules in place. And the evidence that we hope will be totally public with an opportunity to cross-examine. And we dug into the rules for the 1975 impeachment of Judge O.P. Carrillo. There are 28 of them, but here are just a few of them. Rule number seven said the sessions of the court had to be open unless the court voted to close during deliberation and no action could have been taken in a closed session. Rule number 17 stated that if a member of the court wants to ask the witness a question, it has to be written and can only be asked after examination and cross-examination. And then the very last rule, number 28, gave witnesses immunity. Now that meant witnesses in the 1975 impeachment could not be indicted or prosecuted for any matter discussed while under oath. The race to rescue the five on board the missing submersible in the Atlantic continues. There's just hours of oxygen left on the vessel that disappeared during a mission to tour the Titanic wreckage on Sunday. Alice Barr tells us the latest on the international effort to bring everyone home safely. A cavalry of new highly equipped ships and underwater vessels joining the desperate search for the missing Titan tourist submersible. This is a search and rescue mission, 100%. After Canadian aircraft using sonar buoys detected underwater noises yesterday and this morning in a search area twice the size of Connecticut, while the U.S. Coast Guard isn't sure what the noises are. What I can tell you is we're searching in the area where the noises were detected, and we'll continue to do so. Top experts moving quickly to analyze the data. The noises have been described as banging noises, uh, but again, they have to put the whole picture together in context and they have to eliminate uh, potential man-made sources other than the Titan. The race against time more urgent by the hour with breathable air running out for the five people on board since Sunday when the minivan-sized vessel vanished during a mission to explore the wreckage of the Titanic. Even once found, obstacles remain to reach the Titan and bring it to the surface from depths only those who've been there can describe. The journey is amazing. You're, you're, you're basically going to another planet, the bottom of the ocean like this 4,000 meter down. Signing on for that otherworldly experience requires a $250,000 price tag and a massive waiver that former passengers say clearly warns the trip can result in death. The co-owner of the Titan's mothership saying that before they lost contact. All protocols were followed for the mission. As he and all those watching and waiting hold out hope rescuers can find the men in time. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And as part of this all-hands-on-deck mission, the president of the Explorers Club, which claims several of the people on board the submersible as members, is leading an effort to get members of Congress to lobby for more deep-sea equipment to help in this search. 
Well, prescriptions to help slow overdoses. The drugs doctors are hoping can help curb addiction when it comes to opioids. And the chicken you could eat for dinner may be grown in a lab when it could show up in stores and restaurants near you. Plus, new numbers show just how many electric vehicles are driving around here in Texas. Travis County medical professionals want doctors to provide life-saving drugs to patients with opioid addictions to try and slow the growing death rates. Last year, more Americans died of opioid-related overdoses than any year on record. Today, doctors from the Travis County Medical Society and Dell Medical School hosted a virtual town hall to talk about several treatment options available, including buprenorphine, a substance that helps diminish the symptoms of withdrawal. This is a very effective medicine, and there's no special sauce. It's just medicine. And Travis County has seen a 35% increase in total overdoses. You can read more on how buprenorphine works under this story at KXAN.com. Would you eat meat made by science? Well, the USDA gave lab-grown meat final approval today. Two California companies, Upside Foods and Good Meat, will now be able to sell chicken grown in a steel tank to stores and restaurants across the country. But this could take a while, so it might even show up here in Austin because the push towards lab-grown meat has been steadily gaining steam in the last few years. But in a recent poll by the Associated press, half of U.S. adults said they were unlikely to try it. Hmm. <laughs> well, a local car mechanic is giving tips on TikTok to help deal with car problems. What he's saying about the heat and the surprising issue that's bringing some people into his shop. Well, we did it. Tied another record high today at the airport, hitting 102 degrees this afternoon. It was hotter in Austin at 103, but that just happens to fall a few degrees short of today's record of 106. We are tracking severe thunderstorms developing now in our area when we come back. If your vehicle's AC is out, it could be a rat problem. Our Jayla Washington found this out from a local car shop that's seen this more and more as we deal with this scorching Texas heat. Yeah, and she tells us how they're using TikTok to help with the problems like this and others this summer. Hey, well, when you come into a car shop, you don't always expect your mechanic to actually tell you tips to save you money. But these guys here, it is what they do. Imagine turning your car on in this heat and your AC is out. Genuine Automotive says that is happening to a lot of its customers right now. Some even saying this. My car smells dead. So at that point, we know that there's something that has died in there. That's something, probably a rat or even squirrel. We'll climb up in the engine bay. And into your AC cabin through your fresh air vent to try to stay cool. To make sure rodents can't get in, um, you can put it in recirculation mode on the dash. It's a little button. You'll see it's the car, and it has an arrow, and it's going in circles. It closes flaps from the engine bay that will not give the access for the rodents. For major tips like that and others. As it's getting hotter out. Genuine Automotive's owner, Dwayne Saunders, decided to start this TikTok. It now has more than 20,000 followers, some videos with thousands of views. It's just education. We want you to understand so you feel more comfortable. It's safe to say we'll probably see a heat tips video soon. Heat's killing everything. Saunders says most of the jobs they have right now are popping up because it is so hot. People think it's just AC, but it's cooling. It's any, any electrical motor is working a lot harder right now. A family car shop that just wants you to feel empowered and is here to help when things do go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Jayla Washington, KXAN News.
Well, Jimmyland Automotive also has a monthly class to educate women and new drivers in particular. We've got their TikTok page linked over at our website, kxan.com, if you'd like to follow them for tips. Well, going in depth right now, if you have an electric car, you should know EVs don't have a conventional engine, so they don't really deal with the broken engines from overheating issues the way gas-powered vehicles can. And here in Texas, experts say to charge your EV at night to really ease the strain on the grid. And Texas just hit its latest milestone in electric vehicle technology with more than 200,000 EVs registered. Some new data shows the number of EVs in Texas jumped 64% in the past year, but state leaders are tacking on some new fees to offset revenues lost from the state's gas tax. Governor Greg Abbott signed into law last month a $400 registration fee for EVs paired with a $200 annual charge. The Texas legislature also passed bills to accelerate EV technology, including green lighting new charger stations, as well as more transparency of charging fees at stations. And we want to clarify something that we just reported at KXAN News at 4 p.m. A NASA expert that we spoke with said that the eclipse this year would happen on October 13th. It's actually going to happen on the 14th. We're sorry about that error. Okay, so David just gave me a little nugget of wisdom. <laughs> you said the eclipse, act, the eclipse actually drops the temperature? Yeah, we were talking, of course, since it blocks the sun, even just for a few minutes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Temperatures dropped up to 10 degrees in Oregon when they had an eclipse a few years ago, so uh, we could use one today. Yeah, can we do it now? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Let me take you outside. It is in the triple digits, nearly area-wide, 102. Happy first day of summer. This is our longest day of the year with over 14 hours of daylight. But notice we've got some clouds building out there over the Highland Lakes. We'll talk about that in just a moment. First, it's 106 in Atlanta, 108 in Kingsland. This is crazy for early August, and here we are still uh, in early, early summer. Out in Mason and Llano counties, we had some thermometers between 110 and 113, a lot like we did yesterday. In the Austin area, not a lot of relief. 96, hey, that's not bad up in Pflugerville. 102 from Lakeway down to southern Travis County. In the eastern counties, lots of triple digits showing up from Blue to Bastrop. 103 right now in Dale. Statewide, not a lot of relief to find unless it's raining like it is up in Dallas. 113 in Del Rio, they have again tied at least their all-time record high. They may have actually surged a degree past it. I'll check on that in the next hour. In the Austin area, no rain developing, but this is the evening and the overnight when many of us could see some welcome rainfall. We have one, two, and now three severe thunderstorms moving through the hill country. This one has some hail potential and gusty winds approaching Fredericksburg. The other just for a very small sliver of Mason County. This is a new one though, just southwest of San Saba, a nasty hail core with some ping pong ball plus size hail southwest of San Saba. A new warning continues there, moving away from San Saba, by the way, until 615. So that's cluster number one of storms. We're also watching a second area of development way up here in the panhandle. This one may surge into our area overnight. So I have some new high-resolution model data to show you, and it's a bit of a shift in our thinking as these storms near Fredericksburg are now starting to surge toward Austin. Here's what we expect. Right now, we got some scattered strong storms out west. Over the next couple of hours, they could gather more forward speed and gather more intensity, uh, producing some nasty hail in the hill country through 7 p.m. If this continues to surge east, though, we may actually see these this evening in Austin. Severe storms possible in the Austin area as early as 7.30, possibly some lightning and hail interfering with the start of the Austin FC game at 8.30, as we told you might happen last night. This first round of storms will surge east of the area 
area by midnight. The second round, it really depends on whether or not we get the first one or not. If this happens, the atmosphere is going to be too tired to produce another round of storms overnight. If it doesn't, though, we could see another blast from the north overnight. Of course, this model on board with the first scenario because it brings the rain in earlier. Tomorrow morning, hopefully we'll have a little lingering cloud cover and some wetter soil to limit our high temperatures slightly. If we get those heavy storms in here this evening, we could see some beneficial rain even in the metro of one to two inches. Can't rule out some minor flash flooding from these storms as well. A less serious heat advisory finally replacing days and days of an excessive heat warning in the metro area. Tomorrow, this is a bit of a step down, but the heat index still nasty up to 113. The main reason on a step down from the excessive heat warning to a heat advisory, it's a step down in temperatures. Question mark on whether or not we hit the triple digits. It'll be close tomorrow, but we still may behind that overnight rain. Then the temperatures surge actually higher than they have been this whole time. By early next week, 108 degrees. That would be the second hottest number that we've ever recorded in the month of June. Tonight, 77 degrees with a 50% chance of rain. Some gusty winds possible from these, uh, including if we get an overnight round. Tomorrow, we'll call it 100 degrees. Hopefully, we stay just under 20% chance of rain, mainly early in the day. Couple more isolated storms still possible to end the week on Friday, but then sunshine and dangerous heat return. We are likely to again have days of back-to-back -back excessive heat warnings with records during the day and even some records at night. We'll be right back. Autopsies on the two Americans who died at a luxury resort in Mexico revealed both of them died from intoxication of what is suspected to be carbon monoxide. And now the two paramedics who responded to their hotel room are in the hospital as well. The paramedics could barely make it back to their ambulance to receive oxygen after trying to save 28-year-old Abby Lutz and 41-year-old John Heathco. Now, it's not known how long the paramedics were in the room, but according to News Nation, a number of current and former employees of the hotel in Baja, California, have reportedly claimed gas detectors were often deactivated because guests kept complaining about them going off. The hotel has not yet responded. New details in the murder of four University of Idaho students. Prosecutors say DNA of the man charged with stabbing and killing them is a statistical match to the DNA found at the crime scene. So according to the filing, a comparison was done between Brian Koberger's DNA and a short tandem repeat or STR profile found on a knife sheath recovered at the scene. That was found to be a match and now Koberger was indicted by a grand jury and faces life in prison or the death penalty if convicted. The next hearing in the case is set for June 27th. Tonight on KXAN, it's LA Fire and Rescue at 7, Chicago Fire at 8, and Chicago PD at 9 before KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Or as always, you can just join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 over on the CW Austin. Here is where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.